Hey everybody, it's Tracy Brown here. Welcome to Spiritual Practices That Work. Today's Spiritual Practices segment will be focused on practices that support financial freedom with D. Jacqueline Edwards. And the highly recommended segment features John and Linda Caswell giving us tips that power up our sitting meditation practice. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with today's show. Visit MoonLady.com, a little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. Moon Lady News, the world of metaphysics, spirituality, the energy arts, and more in North Texas. Delivered to you each day and available 24-7 at MoonLady.com. The Moon Lady herself, a journalist with over 20 years' experience, finds the coolest and most interesting news, events, places, and groups for your enjoyment. As a community member at MoonLady.com, you can be part of this energy flow and post notices on your enterprise or passion. Reach thousands for just a few dollars, sometimes for free. You can even post flyers and video. Be inspired and empowered by this beautiful oneness community. Visit MoonLady.com and read columnists who are joyful and inspiring. See profiles of community members and nonprofits. View spiritual artwork and poetry. Visit MoonLady.com A little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. Built on the premise that one person can make a difference, Tough Angels assist in creating safe havens for women and children of violence in developing countries, providing to help educate them and support them in restoring dignity, hope, and healing. And you can help by participating in the Tough Angels Wedding Ring Project. Repurpose old wedding rings, jewelry, rings, whether broken or missing parts. Through a unique arrangement, Tough Angels can receive full refinery price, making your donations go even farther. To mail your old jewelry, visit their website, toughangels.org. That's toughangels.org. Or call them at 303-880-8086. That's 303-880-8086. Toughangels.org. One person can make a difference. Visit them at toughangels.org. Where will you find Tarot? Angel card readers, psychics, clairvoyants, healers, dreams, feng shui, past life, aura photos, and much more. Only at the Dallas Psychic Fair, the oldest and largest psychic fair in North Texas. Admission's just $7, plus there's a $2 off coupon online. All readings are $15, and you can pre-book and pre-pay for your readings on the Dallas Psychic Fair website. You'll find complete details, plus a $2 off admission coupon on their website. DallasPsychicFair.com. That's DallasPsychicFair.com. Simply the best since 1979. Presented by Enterprises. Hi, I'm Tracy Brown. Please join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network for Spiritual Practices That Work. Together, we'll experience inner peace, we'll learn how to be calm in a crisis, recognize and honor our connection to spirit, and so much more. So join me here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. If you are ready to attract what you want and release the rest, I'll see you right here Tuesday evenings, 9 p.m. Central. This is Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. Everybody say Namaste, 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 Namaste,
You know, you say that that financial freedom is a personal and professional core value for you. So what is it that makes the idea or the concept of financial freedom so important to you? So sequentially, growing up, there was always this idea of there's never enough money. And as the oldest child, you get to understand that and subliminally almost, therefore you get to be the one to make the the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Going into adulthood, that consciousness of there's never enough carried over and continued until I came to religious science or religious science came to me, as it were. And in that discovery of religious science of God is all there is and by the way that includes money that includes prosperity that includes this idea that your consciousness determines where you are and how you are and how everything all yes including money shows up in your life when I started hearing that because this philosophy resonated so much with me I was really ready to say, okay, let's see, to do a trial, (laughs) to do a trial one, you know, what do I have to lose? And so much to gain. And so I did, and, and I started using these spiritual practices, and the number one out the box for me was tithing. And, of course, you know, we can't have a conversation about money and talk about spiritual practices and not talk about tithing. So, of course, that's woven all through. The tithing effectively brought me to a place where I could look around and go, okay, so this is nice. I'm feeling much better. I'm not trying to figure out where I'm going to get the money to pay the electric bills, you know, keep the lights on, that kind of thing. That That's all good, but, you know, I'd like a little bit more. I want to buy a house. Oh, and by the way, this precious child of mine, and for the parents, we know that our children push us to places we might not otherwise go. She's in a private school, and they want money from me on a monthly basis. (laughs) Yes. You know, they want me to write that check. And then there are all the little extras, the little surprise things. The Oh, she wants a yard. Mm. That's going to require a house. <laughs> yeah, with the yard, you know what I'm saying. So she can mm-hmm. have her friends over, et cetera, et cetera. So in this this expanding desire to have an expanded experience of financial freedom, I'm looking at again the tithing practice, which over time increased. But I'm also looking at the ways in which I'm still being on the edge a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. what else is going on here? And in that, these four pillars of financial freedom started developing. We say in religious science, and I think in every religion, there is some way of saying, yes, you do your prayer work and you do your footwork. Yes. And so in looking at the footwork, then 
as much as I'd been in resistance and as much as I thought my prayer work would take care of it, I was then in a, a, a place where both by right of consciousness and by right of being ready to take another big step, I think you need to balance your checkbook. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> People are saying, no, don't make me balance my checking account. No. Yes, yes. And I think you need to really have some kind of idea of exactly where your finances are. What's that phrase? Net worth. What is mm-hmm. your net worth? Only because, yes, you are God having a human experience. And in that human side of that experience, you are wanting to have this broader, more expansive experience with money. You're wanting it to, as you say, every Sunday flow to you freely and copiously from sources known and unknown. That means you've mm-hmm. got a creative vessel for that. Yes. And the creation of the vessel for that involves some of what we would call very practical things, very land-based, if you will, kind yes. of things, things that have us anchored, and at the same time, they are things that work with our spiritual practices. It's almost like a, a back and forth. It's a weave, if you will, or the image that I like to make is that as we increase our spiritual practices and then increase our practical use of our practical tools, then what happens is we have an upward moving spiraling experience so that even in those times when we think we may be back at the same place, meaning, oh, there's a lot less money in my checking account than I thought there was. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That can even feel like lack. So even when I'm having that experience of feeling like lack that I've had before, I'm not where I was before. I'm at a higher place. I'm at a spiritually more evolved place. I'm at a place where I know what to do to shift. Right. That. So even though the condition may look the same, mm-hmm. the where you come from in your reaction or response to mm-hmm. the condition is really, really different. It's very different. It's very, very different. It's absolutely different. And the real good news is that you don't live there anymore. It's a touch. It's a, it's like a, a tap on the shoulder to say, it's time to rev it up. It's time to mm. bump it up to the next level. This is the universe responding to the thing that you ask for. This is the universe saying yes, because we know that what we need for the universe always says yes to, always says yes. And then we're faced with the question of, well, am I ready for the yes when it comes? Mm-hmm. And then we come back to, well, how can I be ready? Or how can I in that moment that the yes is right in my face, rubbing against my nose, covering my vision such that there's nothing else that I can see. My knees may even be knocking because this might be the bigger yes than I even thought might be coming. <laughs> I didn't really know what saying yes was going to look like in my life. Exactly, exactly, exactly. 
So now, what kinds of things do I need to do? So in that, we've moved along. We now have some regular kinds of spiritual practices. And in this, and and we can circle back to this as well, in this, we're going to include some things that we may not have thought of as spiritual practices. For example, exercise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The get up, the get moving, the shake it loose place. Now, exercise does two things. It does more than two, but there are two that I I want to have us look at for a moment. So, first of all, there's the place where when the knees are knocking, when I'm not sure which way to turn and which way to go, which just effectively has me frozen, which means I can't hear spirit speaking. It means that my intuition, the off button is on that. So when I'm in that place of high tension, exercise loosens that up. Mm, Yes, it does. Just absolutely. Scientifically, what they talk about is that it builds endorphins. And as it builds the endorphins, it dissolves the tension, just like Alka-Seltzer in water. And that may be dating me a little bit. But (laughs) it does just dissolve it away, which then brings me back to a place where I can... where I can look around and come from and go to some gratitude, another spiritual practice, Mm -hmm. where I can be grateful for whatever the little thing is that's right in front of my face or that is in my face. It might be my nose breathing. It brings me to the gratitude for friendship, for love in my life, for having a roof over my head, for that wonderful lunch that I just had, for any number of things. It brings me to that gratitude place. And so now I'm loosened up a little bit more. Yes. So now I can actually come back and look at the thing that had me maybe an hour, hour plus ago. Now, mm-hmm. look at, well, what is it? Is it a, a bill? Is it something unexpected? I was going along minding my own business, and my car decided that it needed to be replaced. My <laughs> paid-for, no-car-note car decided <laughs> that this was the day to say goodbye. Right. I've had it. I, I'm out of mm-hmm. here. I'm done. Have fun. Mm -hmm. We've had a good time together. Have fun. Now, someplace behind that, there is just the slightest possibility that I've been driving around for the last six months going, I think I need a new car. I am ready for a new car. It's time this car has served me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Back to the universe says yes. Yeah, you forgot to say a year from now. Uh I am preparing for my new car next year. Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, we're using these these examples that, that may or may not be specific to an individual's life, but we all have that those things that give us the opportunity to relate to this. So having done my gratitude, having done my exercise, I'm now in a place where I can remember, oh, yeah, I did ask for a new car, didn't I? Okay, so life is going to provide that. 
So now I'm doing, we're in our spiritual practices. Let me do my prayer work. Whatever that is called. And, and I am so clear that all prayer is good prayer. In religious yes. science, we have our five-step treatment, but all prayer is good prayer. All prayer. Pray from prayer from the heart, prayer that is accepting, prayer that is the precursor to the vision, to being able to seeing yourself behind the wheel. That prayer, that positive prayer, that constructive prayer, we call it that affirmative prayer, that prayer is now my bridge. That prayer is the thing that now lets me look around and say, ooh, okay, I got that. I know that spirit's got my back. So Mm -hmm. now it's time for me to do some meditation. And in Mm -hmm. my meditation, what my meditation practice does, and whenever we have a challenge, it's an opportunity to bump up the meditation. And I like to think in terms of five-minute increase. Mm -hmm. Five minutes if you're doing 15, and I really hope that we're all doing at least 20 minutes a day. But if we can add five minutes to that, meditation increases the intuition and it increases our ability to hear and understand the divine guidance. Yes. So as we're hearing and understanding the divine guidance piece of it, then we may be guided to go to place A, B, or C. We may be guided to sit next to this person on the bus, on the subway, on the train, wherever we may be. And in that process, we may be, oh, my goodness gracious, offered a job, offered a contract, Mm -hmm. offered some opportunity or some channel to receive additional income. We may find money which comes to another one of these principles, which has to do with order, which has to do with order. I've noticed in my life that oftentimes when my money is funny, Mm -hmm. my house is a mess. (laughs) I'm laughing because I never really thought about that connection, and so I'm going to be thinking about that, but right now I'm going to focus. (laughs) Okay. So what I find when I look around and I see that mess, that as I start creating order, all kinds mm-hmm. of wonderific things happen. For one thing, we know that the universe abhors a vacuum. Now, that is both a metaphysical as well as a physics principle. If there's a vacuum, right. something's going to flow into it. So as we're creating this space, things come in to fill that space up. We right. may find comes- a check that we didn't know we had. Or out of the creating of the order, out of the shifting of the consciousness, out of the increasing of the meditation, out of the practicing of the gratitude, out of the prayer work, we may get the check in the mail. So right. all kinds of avenues open, all kinds of of ways and means avail themselves to us. I would like to talk a little bit about tithing. So I do want to talk about tithing, actually, but I want to come back and do that right after 
we take a break because I know just when you said the word tithing a few minutes ago, there were people who started sweating, (laughs) you know, or who had some very strong reaction. So let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk more about tithing and really clearly about the four pillars of financial freedom. Okay. We'll be right back. Visit MoonLady.com, a little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. Moon Lady News, the world of metaphysics, spirituality, the energy arts, and more in North Texas. Delivered to you each day and available 24-7 at MoonLady.com. The Moon Lady herself, a journalist with over 20 years' experience, finds the coolest and most interesting news, events, places, and groups for your enjoyment. As a community member at MoonLady.com, you could be part of this energy flow and post notices on your enterprise or passion. Reach thousands for just a few dollars, sometimes for free. You can even post flyers and video. Be inspired and empowered by this beautiful oneness community. Visit MoonLady.com and read columnists who are joyful and inspiring. See profiles of community members and nonprofits, view spiritual artwork and poetry. Visit MoonLady.com. A little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. It's Dallas' oldest and most trusted psychic fair. Since 1979, the Dallas Psychic Fair has been providing North Texas with over 75 different professional psychics, wellness practitioners, and vendors, plus workshops, classes, and galleries, all in one convenient location on the first Sunday of every month at the Doubletree Hotel, 4099 Valley View Lane in Dallas. All readings are just $15, admission just $7. Go online for a $2 off admission coupon and to pre-book and pay for your readings. Go to DallasPsychicFair.com. That's DallasPsychicFair.com. The Dallas Psychic Fair. Spiritual growth through mind, body, and soul connections. The Dallas Psychic Fair is produced by Enterprises. This is Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, saying, listen, you don't want to miss Wake Up, the sound of transformation, right here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. It's going to be a wonderful moment. Monday evenings at 8 p.m. Central. It's going to change your life. You're listening to Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Spiritual Practices That Work. My name is Tracy Brown and I'm your host. And I'm having a great conversation today with Jacqueline Edwards. And we are talking about the spiritual practices that support financial freedom. And earlier in the conversation, Jacqueline, when you mentioned tithing, I know that, you know, people just get shaky and they have all these misconceptions, fears or old stories and false beliefs mm-hmm. about tithing. So, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about that. So, I'm actually going to read from something and this in that way of asking and receiving in the universe, providing. When I knew I was going to be on this call, this piece of paper that I'm sure I've had for probably at least 10 years, Mm -hmm. just manifested itself. 
also in one of those creating order times that I was talking about. But what Uh this is, is a writing by Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith on Mm -hmm. tithing. In short, tithing is a spiritual practice in which you are training yourself, because God's got it. You're training Mm -hmm. yourself to know that all of your needs are always met by the invisible and that you will always have more than enough of what you require. So, and and that's actually his summary sentence. What Mm -hmm. I want to add to that both by way of definition, which is I'm going to add his first sentence here, tithing is what is tithing? Because we, we're not always clear about what that mm-hmm. is. Well, I gave to the Red Cross, you know, when mm-hmm. they had that thing on about Haiti. I gave them mm-hmm. some money. Was that, that tithing? No. No, sorry. No. Tithing is the conscious, conscious giving of our first fruits. When I get the check, the first thing I do is the tithing offered in gratitude to the source of our spiritual inspiration, spiritual education, and spiritual upliftment. The operative in that sentence is spiritual. So it's where am I spiritually fed? It can be my church, it can be my practitioner, it can be my minister. Um, It can be that which, that place where my spirit is said. That's the where of it. Now, the how much. Tithing by definition means 10%. What I did myself and what I advise my clients to do is Mm -hmm. really close your eyes, take a deep breath, and pick a number from 1 to 10. Mm -hmm. Pick a number. That is your number. Be consistent with that number. And as you see increase, increase the number. Yeah, because it is the it's the consciousness, mm-hmm. it's the gratitude, and it's the consistency. Mm-hmm. And so it is so much better to consistently give two percent mm-hmm. so that you are as the Michael Bernard Beckwith quote describes you're training yourself to be in the habit of conscious gratitude and giving that yes as your income as your um as your financial income increases your gratitude increases and it's so easy to go to four percent but if you're if ten percent is a real struggle and you're not doing it then you're not giving from that place of of gratitude and it's a should and ought to instead of of why you're really doing it. And so let me just briefly name the four pillars because when you mentioned this piece of struggle, I want to talk about that for a little bit, but I want to contextualize it. So Great. the four pillars of financial freedom are first and foremost spiritual practices. Secondly mm-hmm. is integrity. Thirdly is stewardship, and fourth is service. So when we are talking about this piece of struggle, if I'm just getting into this idea of how can I allow spirit 
to increase my finances as the there is a a, a song that says um, enlarge my territory mm-hmm. as I'm allowing spirit to enlarge my territory I am dropped into the place of asking where am I in or out of integrity with regard to my finances And so part of my stepping into this tithing piece as a first step, there is also an invitation to examine, am I impeccable with my word? Of course, that's coming from the four agreements, but it's also coming from, I'm going to say, every culture, every spiritual tradition, there is this idea that do what you say you're going to do. Yes. If you say you're going to do it, then do it. Now, that includes with regard to our finances. That means that if I say I'm going to, on the broader external place, if I am going to pay X amount on a bill, then I either pay that amount on the bill or if I see that I can't quite do that, then I call and say, I know I said I was going to do this. I'm either going to have to reduce that amount or postpone that payment. Their reaction is really none of my business. My right, business, but you stay in integrity. I stay in integrity. Same thing with my word to myself. If my commitment is to save 10% as well as to tie 10%, save 10%, and have the rest remaining for bills, and I'm seeing that I need to fudge a little bit on that savings, then I need to make another plan. And it's okay if it takes me a year to get to that place as long as I am keeping my personal integrity with myself by re-evaluating and re-committing for however long it takes. So many of us are at a place of struggle. When I came to this philosophy of religious science, I was definitely not only at a place of struggle, but I was really a, um honor. I was a bearer, a flag bearer. <laughs> I could tell you about all the ways that the people are struggling. The people mm-hmm. are struggling because of a oppression, be oppression, see, I could had a whole laundry list. This idea <laughs> that I am the creator of my own life and my own destiny was one that I resisted with with fervor. Once I got over my resistance and got to that taste and see place, which is what I am inviting us to do, is to taste and see. Take Mm -hmm. and see what a difference it can make. Then I had a different experience. But we have to own where we are. So if I'm standing in struggle, I may need to tie that 3%. Right. If I'm standing in struggle, I particularly need to do the exercise to get moving peace so that I can get some endorphins going so that I can even feel better enough to hear spirit speaking to me. And, and we talked about that in the earlier segment of, of how we move through that. 
Yes. But as I'm doing those things, then what I will find is that the struggle starts to fall off of me. Just in the same kind of a way, you know, you see these dramatic things where someone has a cape on and they take the cape off and it just falls away like a, a pile of water there behind them and they have on this beautiful outfit underneath the cape. The same kind of thing happens. Pretty soon, the word struggle is not in my vocabulary anymore because it's not in my experience anymore. And while right. I'm saying pretty soon, pretty soon again means as long as it takes. And that's yes. in that integrity piece. Tied to that is the stewardship piece. How am I taking care of what has been given me to be a steward of? Am I consciously using my resources, all of my resources, to the absolute best of my ability? And if I am moving to the best of my ability, it is guaranteed that the universe will respond in ways greater than I can even begin to imagine. And both of us have seen that happen so much with mm -hmm. so many people as well as in our own lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. The service piece, and sometimes we talk about, you know, you tie what you want because this is one of those circumventing things people come up with. We, now I'm not trying to put it out there, but we in our human creativity, you know, we get creative. Okay, well, can I tie some time? How about that? <laughs> well, honey, if time is what you want, then yes, you can. Yes, mm -hmm. you can, because what you get back is what you put out. Again, one of those adages that's been with us for a long time. We started hearing that on the playground. You know, what you give is what you receive. What you yes. put out is what you get back, and it comes back in the same form. So if you want to tie some time, by all means do, and I promise you'll get some time back. Service, however, is our responsibility as people. There is a place where we are so integrally and intimately connected to each other that mm -hmm. when there is a need at any place in the universe, that need in some way, shape, form, or fashion that I may, that I am likely not to be consciously aware of is also resonating in, as, and through my life and my life experience. Service, therefore, is a way not only to help with but it is a way to co-create my own healing. I love that. In the, the moment, in the millisecond, you know, and we hear ministers and, and public speakers, you are the one sperm out of the thousand blah, blah, blah that was successful. <laughs> okay? Yes. All right, so we got that. What I want to add to that is that in that millisecond that the form of consciousness that you were prior to said, I want a body. Mm -hmm. I want to play on that realm of existence. 
in that moment, part of that covenant that you made with life was to be of service. And as we show up in that way, we experience an expansion in our lives that is so wonderfully and juicy, deliciously inclusive of expansion in our experience of financial freedom. These are the areas where it may or may not show up looking like money, but it may show up looking like the seats for the concert that cost more than you were ever thinking about paying for some seats at a concert. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and when we don't accept those things or even something as simple as someone offering to take us to lunch mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they're they cleaning out their closet and there's this great coat that they, you know, paid a lot of money for, but they realize they haven't worn it in two years and they offer it to you. And a lot of times our first reaction is, Oh, no, you don't have to give me that. Oh, no, I don't need that. Oh, no, thank you. And we forget, right, and it, and we forget that it is a part of the way our abundance and prosperity mm-hmm. show up, and mm-hmm. it's a way for us to say yes mm-hmm. to that, knowing that there's more to come. It is also when I offer you and you say no, You are impacting me. Oh, yes. You're impacting my abundance. Not for long, mind you, because I'm just going to go give it to somebody else. Exactly. But in that moment, there is a place where, back to where we are universally connected, where you're not only denying yourself, but you're denying me as well. Oh, yeah. A lot of us grew up hearing people say, don't you block my blessing. Yes. Yes, I love that phrase. If you don't accept the gift I'm giving you, you're blocking my blessing because it's a blessing to me to be able to give from what I have. Yes. Yes. Giving from the overflow. Yeah. Giving from the overflow. One of the things that I've found really interesting of late is how much these principles that we think of as being spiritual principles are being demonstrated in so many other areas of life and in they're being proven by science they're being demonstrated in the social sciences there there are so many ways some of this is the kind of thing that we're excited about when we see the hero of any age the teenager that helped someone get out of the burning building and somebody was watching that and was so impressed that this young person had that kind of heroic core at such a young age, wanted to make sure that this person gets to grow in a way to continue to contribute to the society, so let me give them a four-year scholarship to school. So there is this ongoing continuous way in which the thing expands and expands and expands and expands. One thing I, I want to make sure that we touch on is tools. Is that is this a good time to do that? Well, perfect. I, I love how the divine guidance just is moving this right along. 
or out of time. But what I just thought about was instead of my normal spiritual practices makeover that I do each week, we're going to do a spiritual practices makeover, and that will give us an extra four minutes. So think of this. Someone is listening, and their question is, okay, so how do I really take this into my life Mm -hmm. and go from someone who has some issues and challenges and some fear Mm -hmm. around financial Mm -hmm. freedom? Mm -hmm. What should I do? What can I do? What can I incorporate? that will help me move along the path toward financial freedom. Okay, so three to four, and then I want to add to that the spiritual practices, being okay. in integrity, being a good steward of that which you have, and doing service. Now, there is a place where we are all different. We are individualized expressions of spirit. And so what I invite you to do is find the thing that works for you. There are hundreds, hundreds of prosperity books and programs out there in the world. Some of my favorites and easiest are the 40-Day Prosperity Plan, the Abundance Book by John Randolph Price. He has a series of books, but the Abundance Book in particular focuses on money and prosperity, and there's a 40-Day Plan. Edwin Gaines has a 21-Day Prosperity Plan. Just about any book that you put your hands on, going all the way uh, back to old school folks from the last, Um, century, the Think and Grow Rich, all of Mm -hmm. these resources have within them a program for you. Right. So your job is to find the program that resonates with you. And as Nike says, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. And you do it until you complete it around. And I'm saying that because they all have different parameters about them. Mm-hmm. You do it until you complete it around. You take a break and you do it again. Yes. Eventually what will happen is you'll know when you need to do whatever the program is that resonates with you. And as you grow, you'll find yourself reaching out and you really don't have to reach out. I literally have the experience of walking into bookstores, so much so until now I kind of expect it. When I'm feeling like it's time for me to taste something new, I'll just go Mm -hmm. into that section in the larger bookstores. It'll be the the self-help section in the bookstores in our churches. There's usually a prosperity section. And the Mm -hmm. thing, the book that's there for me will either be poking out a little bit more then the rest mm-hmm. of the books on the shelf are sometimes when I think I must be in a particularly spiritually obstinate kind of a state <laughs> of mind, the thing will yes. fall off the shelf right in front of me, like, hello, hey, Jacqueline. <laughs> Did you overlook me? Okay. Right. So it actually gets that personal and that intimate. But again, the thing I'm wanting to say here, the thing I'm wanting people to hear is that in that basket of practical tools, you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you don't have to go it alone. There are all kinds of tools out there and available for you. 
in book form, in program form. We live in an electronic age. Get online, Google it. If you Google financial freedom or prosperity, you will be amazed at the number of books and references and resources that you come up with. I want to suggest that even if you're not a religious scientist, find your nearest religious science church and go in their bookstore and just peruse the shelf in the prosperity section. Now, if you happen to get there early enough to go to service, well, you might just get a little extra bonus out of that. (laughs) <laughs> and not be surprised when it just so happens that if you were looking for information about prosperity, that the message that day just happened to be about prosperity, abundance, mm-hmm. expansion, something that is directly related to Absolutely. growing Absolutely. growing your consciousness. Well, Jacqueline, our time really is up. It's great. We've packed two segments into one, both speaking about spiritual practices related to financial freedom and spiritual practices makeover. So if people who are listening want to ask you more questions, want to invite you to come to their center to speak about financial freedom, or just want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to find out about you? One is my email address, which is Platt Butterfly, one word, P-L-A-T-B-U-T-T-E-R-F-L-Y at gmail.com. Great. Thank you so much for sharing time, ideas, and tips with our listeners, and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you very, very much. Visit Moonlady.com, a little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. Moon Lady News, the world of metaphysics, spirituality, the energy arts, and more in North Texas. Delivered to you each day and available 24-7 at Moonlady.com. The Moon Lady herself, a journalist with over 20 years' experience, finds the coolest and most interesting news, events, places, and groups for your enjoyment. As a community member at Moonlady.com, you can be part of this energy flow and post notices on your enterprise or passion. Reach thousands for just a few dollars, sometimes for free. You can even post flyers and video. Be inspired and empowered by this beautiful oneness community. Visit MoonLady.com and read columnists who are joyful and inspiring. See profiles of community members and nonprofits, view spiritual artwork and poetry. Visit MoonLady.com. A little piece of Austin or Portland in North Texas. S-J-R-N. And so we're ready to jump right into this highly recommended resources segment. So often we have talked about meditation and prayer are not the only ways to have spiritual practice. But it's important for us to be able to use meditation and prayer in an effective way. So the perfect people to give us some tips to improve our sitting meditation practice are John and Linda Caswell. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So what are some of the common fears or complaints 
that people have about sitting meditation and what are a couple of tips that you can share with people that would make it easier for them? Well, I I think people approach the often approach sitting meditation as if it was a work, and instead mm. of making it a get to, they make they they think about it as the discipline of meditation, and mm-hmm. and so it takes the it, it makes it a should or a have to instead of a get to. And for myself, I know that when I first started, that that was a big part of it, and that got in the way. I had natural, I had resistance to that, and I think that resistance is natural. So one of the things that made a huge difference in my practice that allowed me to make a a step into a deeper practice was when I stopped trying to stop my mind or corral my thoughts or think the right thoughts and instead started what we call thought watching. Mm-hmm. The metaphor that we use is that you that your mind is like a river and it's always moving and sometimes it's turbulent and sometimes it's just a trickle, but it's always moving. There's always you're always thinking. And what we invite people to do is to to pull themselves to the banks of that river and watch their thoughts. And an easy way to do that is to label your thoughts either with the emotion that they carry or with, you know, if it's a to-do list thought, then to-do list. And if it doesn't have an emotion, then it's probably a thought about the future or a thought about the past. And you can just label it that way and let it go because another thought is going to come. And that way that you don't get into a wrestling match with your mind trying to corral it or direct it in a certain way or think the right thoughts or not think that thought, but just to watch your thoughts and label them. And everybody can do that. At first, that may seem hard, but as you do it over and over, it's relaxing to watch your thoughts because your mind is actually very entertaining when you when you can step <laughs> back and, and watch it. I okay. love that because I think you're right that so often when people think of meditation, they think they're supposed to clear all thought away. So giving people permission to watch their thoughts and know that, like a river, the thoughts are going to keep coming just like the water always flows, that's a perfect way and a perfect context to to shift my total approach to meditation. Yeah, and so you go into the practice on a daily basis with the idea, the thought that you can't do it wrong. There's just showing up sitting with your eyes closed or not sitting. That's it. And so if you allow yourself just that experience, because every day is different, you know, our mind's are in different kinds of states uh, on a day-to-day basis, depending on what's going on. But if you just simply sit with the idea that I cannot do this wrong, and I can't do it right either, because if you can do it right, you can do it wrong. And there's that part of our mind, which John and I call it the captious mind, C-A-P-T-I-O-U-S, which uh, is this way that our minds have of making us wrong. You can go over the definition of that if you want to, John. Yeah, captious is a great word for beginning meditators because it has two meanings that are pertinent. The first one is 
to find petty fault. <laughs> and and we can all do that. You know, or if you don't think you have a captious mind, just stand in front of a mirror naked. And <laughs> your captious mind will arise. And the uh, other yeah. the other meaning for captious is asking questions intended to entrap. That was my mother when I when I would come home late as a teenager, my mother would ask me a question, you know, where were you? And just about whatever I answered I was caught. And our minds have that way they they know us so well and they know how to how to catch us, and so they ask. You know, we ask those questions of ourselves that trap us, that may find our weak spot. So the captious mind is the mind that you're trying to escape. You know, and the way that you do that is just by practicing seeing what you think and giving yourself that detachment from from your thoughts that sitting on the banks of your mind allows. And so the really beneficial part of the uh, the observation is that in a very short period of time, you bring into high relief what it is that you are thinking. It becomes almost a 24-hour practice. I mean, there's just this, uh, the product of this is awareness, awareness of what you're thinking, becoming aware of those thoughts, and especially the conditioned thoughts that come up over and over and over again, you have the opportunity to recognize, hey, you know what, I say these things to myself or I say these things in response to what's going on, but those are only thoughts and I can change them. So it really aligns with this whole idea that you really become the, uh, as Vernon Howard puts it, you you become the uh, master you know, of your mental kingdom, you the sovereign of your mental kingdom. So it's a, not a matter of trying to control it so much as it is to observe it. And then there comes that time when you can say, ah, thank you very much for your input. That is not true. You can go sit over in the corner now. So there's this <laughs> beautiful sense of control without being rigid, because I think that that's another thing that comes up for people when you talk about an ongoing daily practice. And we don't have a lot of rules uh, for people about it other than to keep a chain of practice alive, whether it's a five-minute uh, meditation if you're in a hurry, or it's a you know 20 or 30-minute meditation. It really doesn't matter so much about the length of time that you spend in, in meditation as the daily part of the meditation practice. So you can get a meditation in almost anywhere. We have had people that have gone through our classes that their place for meditation is in their car when they pull up to work. So they will sit for five or ten minutes before they go in. Or they'll go out at lunch and, and and have a meditation break. You can have a meditation break in the restroom. I mean, it's like this doesn't have to be some really formal, rigid, disciplined practice. You can learn to be a really gentle with yourself while you're building the daily practice. And I think the kinder you are to yourself and with yourself, the more likely you are to pick up the practice and continue it. 
I think you're absolutely right. And you, you, the two of you have had great success in the classes that you offer, both in person and via the Internet. So we probably have time for one quick story of a success or someone who was surprised at how much their meditation improved as a result of using some of your tips and techniques. There is a funny story of a, a woman who took our class at, at, a, at a county extent, a county employees, and um, we talked about this thing of sitting on the banks of your mind. Use that metaphor. She 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 went home that night and and practiced it, and she sent us an email. And the the subject line of the email was, "No one said nothing about uh, going away." And what happened for her was that she she began doing that, and she just went into a deep meditation. And she had never really meditated before. She was gone for like forty minutes, and it just <laughs> it, it just shocked her that 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 had happened. Uh, she was the one who cursed everybody on the way home, on uh, the way to work every morning in the car. And then two weeks later, she wrote us, and she told us, man, I'm so changed by this. I'm blessing everybody wow. on my way to work. So. That's a great story. And these are really practical tips that makes sense and I'm sure will be helpful. The idea of watching your thoughts and you can't do it wrong, paying attention to the captious mind so that you can escape it or ignore it, and keeping the chain of practice alive. Those are fabulous insights. And if our listeners want more insights from you or just have questions about you know, what that means and how you work with people, what's the best way for them to find you on the Internet? Our website is TheMeditationCourse.com, TheMeditationCourse.com. Great. Well, I highly encourage you listeners, if uh, you want to ramp up your meditation practice, or if you've had a practice for a long time and it's feeling a little stale and you want some tips, find uh, Linda and John Caswell at TheMeditationCourse.com. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. This is Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder of Agape International Spiritual Center, saying, listen, you don't want to miss Wake Up, the sound of transformation, right here on Spiritual Journeys Radio Network. It's going to be a wonderful moment. Monday evenings at 8 p.m. Central. It's going to change your life. Wow, what a jam-packed show. I got so much out of it, and I hope you did, too. Please remember to check out John and Linda Caswell at TheMeditationCourse.com or contact D. Jacqueline Edwards if you'd like more information about spiritual practices that help you achieve financial freedom. Thanks to Spiritual Journeys Radio Network and Chuck Murphy. And until we meet again, remember, your spiritual practice helps you make progress in your life. My name is Tracy Brown. Bye for now.